Welcome to Kitchen Table Conversations, a series of short and shareable conversation starters for those of us who have or love and support people with a complicated and beautiful brain. Here's your host, Angela Geddes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Kitchen Table Conversations. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Today, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about how uh, we can try to do our best to kind of let go of or find peace in in our past. Um, I think that uh, a good friend of mine once said, um, once said to me, I don't think any of us go through this life unscathed. And, um, and I think that's very, very true. And um, unfortunately, there are many who experience significant traumas in their lives. And uh, I, as a social worker, I see this almost on a daily basis, or actually probably on a daily basis. I see where individuals have experienced some really unfortunate things in their past. And depending on how long They've taken to come and, you know, seek some additional support and some help and and to learn some new coping strategies. Sometimes that can be really, really hard to get past. And and many people end up kind of really connecting to to that those past experiences in terms of how they've developed their personalities and their coping strategies and how they've kind of developed a new set of normal. And I think that, you know, as, as I was talking about in previous sessions, you know, sometimes we just sort of get used to the circumstances that we have, and we all have a tendency to normalize things that, that actually can be quite unusual. So it is, it is sad to me that, that many people kind of suffer in silence or suffer alone because they feel like, well, this is their life and this is their normal. And, and uh, you know, they develop their own coping strategies, which obviously work. Um, to some degree, or they wouldn't keep doing them. But sometimes these um, strategies that we do develop end up, you know, helping in the short term, but sometimes hindering us as we move forward. So there are opportunities to kind of heal and to uh, create some peace with our past. Um, One time I had a veteran that said to me, I wish that we could just take my brain out and wash it and wash the, uh, the awful memories away. And, you know, as we explored that, it did seem like it would be a really good idea because some of the things that people have seen or experienced, you know, we don't want to go there again. And people really are affected. And, and I've often said that sometimes I would worry more about people who weren't affected by some of the things that they've seen. And sometimes I wish that post-traumatic stress disorder was not actually called a disorder. And instead, it focused on the mind and the body and the soul's desire to make sense of some things that were really, really out of the ordinary and really not ordered at all. And so, um, you know, many people are are developing some some really good coping strategies in order to get through some very, very tough circumstances. So we can't minimize that either. However, there are times where we spend a lot of time trying to forget or trying to pretend that those things haven't happened. And we do a really good job. I think most of us do a really good job of avoiding things that are distressing to us. And that's natural. It makes sense. If I stub my toe on the couch, I'm going to do my best to avoid that part of the couch. Um, But if I don't keep that kind of avoidance in check, there is a risk that I might avoid the entire couch 
for fear of, of hurting myself. And, and in doing so, I, um, I often share with, with the people that I support that in doing so, we, we actually lose the opportunity to enjoy the comforts that that couch can bring and the cozy moments with a book and a tea and the cozy moments maybe cuddling up with your pet or a special person in your life. If we avoid the whole couch, yes, we're not going to have any pain, but we're also not going to be able to enjoy some of the things that that couch can provide us. Our brains are kind of instinctively set to solve problems and to figure out, but sometimes our problem solving is a little short-sighted and a little reactive. And I think that's where we can sometimes get ourselves into trouble. And again, there are times where sometimes we, we, we kind of identify with our with our trauma and it sort of explains some of our current circumstances. So for example, you know, we all have uh, somebody in our family that maybe is a bit of a um, quiet, or as my grandmother would say, a little bit backward, or maybe a little bit of a recluse that didn't really like to get pictures taken or didn't really like to be spending a lot of time with family or for, for long periods of time at big functions and that kind of thing. And we all just attribute this to, you know, his time spent back in in the war and that kind of thing, which which makes perfect sense. But sometimes, again, we sort of start to identify with this personality that develops over the years, and it kind of makes sense to us. But when we do that, we kind of limit ourselves to, to growth and to understanding um, opportunities for resilience and opportunities for healing and opportunities to let the past um, kind of stay in the past and, and move forward in a different context. Instead, so many times there seems to be this kind of identification of brokenness and this, um, you know, kind of making trauma someone's defining feature sort of reduces them to their injury. And I'm often saying in, 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 in my sessions that, you know, whether it be depression, whether it be PTSD, whether it be diabetes, whether it be cancer, whether it be a complex neurodevelopmental disorder, those are conditions that are a part of who we are, but they certainly do not have to define who we are. And if we attribute everything back to the condition, we can stay stuck in circling around in a place that doesn't leave us feeling very many peaceful moments and not, um, and it's kind of a barrier to to you know experiencing life to the fullest and in the most peaceful way I will encourage you once again to check out my website because I will be including a, an article that's uh, from psychology today that speaks specifically about how to make peace with your past and there's some more really good ideas and certainly more details to help bring this all to life but I think you know that once our story becomes our story of my trauma becomes the story of ourselves moving from it can sometimes feel like we're negating some of the reality or minimizing some of the realities of our past and that can be really really difficult I remember in one particular instance I was supporting somebody with crippling anxiety um, to the point where she was a part of um, you know a, a very specific and intensive community-based program to uh, to support her journey and so as a social worker I would go and visit and I spoke to her one time about how I really do believe that social anxiety and some forms of anxiety can be cured are certainly manageable to the degree of which that would leave them, you know, not not meeting criteria for uh, an anxiety diagnosis any further. And when I said that, she, you know, I mean, it was a bit 
poorly timed on my part, given um, given some time to reflect. But you know, I said it with the understanding that there's hope for the future and that this does not have to be her existence forever. Um, but when this person heard that come from my mouth, she just looked at me and, and I could tell instantly that I offended her, that I minimized her experience. And she said, you know, it can't be curable. If it was curable, I would have cured it by now. I have done nothing for the last 10 years than to try to work towards feeling better and healing from this and, and, if, if it was possible to be cured, I'd be cured. And so, again, this person has become quite uh, fused with the understanding that anxiety is a part of her every, um, every day and pretty much every moment, and that's just the way it's going to be. And so, you know, I'm happy to say that with some, some time and some effort and some reflection and some real interesting and creative suggestions and ideas around exposure therapy and around challenging um, default thoughts and behaviors and reactions, she did uh, experience significant growth and healing and she was able to make peace with her past. So this is certainly possible, but again, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting balancing act. I also think that it's really important to to remember and to really understand that our past is, you know, my version of my past is very different than my mother's version of my past and my sister's version of my past. And so it doesn't really matter what's happened to us. It's how we perceive it. And I often say that trauma is based, our trauma response is based on our perception of what's happened to us, not necessarily an accurate depiction of what's happened to us. And there's, there's a, a, there's a big difference there, but that doesn't mean that people make up their own trauma. It means that that's how they've perceived something to have happened and how it's impacted over the lifespan. So I think that that's really important too. And, and, you know, we often see examples of where the same situation can happen to two or three or four different people, but not everybody's impacted in the same way. So we do sometimes have a choice on how we perceive the situations. And that sometimes takes, again, the work of a therapist in some cases to help us to challenge our understandings and our beliefs that we have fused to the to the past circumstances and to say, is this really what's happened? And is there another way that I can look at this to help me move forward in a good way? So as I said in the beginning, many of us are really good at avoiding uncomfortable um, feelings of physical pain and certainly emotional pain and some anxiety and confusion. You know, we're all pretty good at avoiding it. But actually to heal from some of these past experiences or interactions that we've had, it means that we do have to feel. And I often say in sessions, you know, feelings are things that we cannot control. Our thoughts often are not things that we can control instantly, but we can certainly evaluate our thoughts and determine whether or not they're helping us or whether they're hindering us. Feelings, on the other hand, are like oftentimes there, it's like literally a physiological response, whether we get butterflies, whether our, we start to sweat, whether our face gets flushed or we start to tremble in fear based on a trigger or a memory of something that was was pretty awful to us in the past. So what I always encourage people to do is actually feel that feeling and take a moment or two to, you know, reflect back on where it's coming from, to honor it. Of course, you're feeling 
frightened when you when you're reminded of something so terrible i mean our memories essentially are there to keep us alive and to keep us safe and to allow us to continue to learn um, but once we've learned how to create a new kind of safety around us um, then we're better positioned to move forward in a safer way so then we can take the time to kind of reconcile that we're not you know, six years old and being mistreated by somebody in our past. This is the context has changed. So we get to take a few minutes to honor the pain that we're feeling and, uh, and the child that was exposed to that kind of thing, but then recognize that, hey, you know, I'm much older now, I'm much safer now. And I've learned from that experience. And, and maybe I might even be richer for it. So there's a different way that we can move, move forward. But when we try to pretend that those feelings aren't there or when we get upset with ourselves for for feeling that discomfort um, oftentimes our attempt our attempt to control it actually just allows it to kind of simmer and bubble and and uh, you know kind of always be around but then maybe it explodes at times when we're when we're really not expecting it. So again, our attempts to control our feelings actually are often counterproductive. Um, so again, honor it, feel it, and don't deny your pain. I mean, it's it's okay to be pain to feel pain. It's okay to have vulnerable moments. And I see so many times where people just really feel like they need to be strong and they need to push through and they need to just avoid it or distract from uh, from the pain and the discomfort. But really, it's important to show up and to really um, you know experience it and and acknowledge it. And then the other suggestion here is to move forward towards some of the things that are really important to you in your life rather than keeping yourself stuck back in that pain and discomfort. So we don't move away from the pain, but we move towards ourself and who we are and our goals and the things that uh, create purpose and meaning in our own life. And again, you know, just sort of allow pain to to be your guide and to remind you of what kinds of things that you need to protect yourself from. I think one of the biggest gifts we can give ourselves is to help remind remind us of what what our values are, what kinds of things are really important to us. And when we have been, you know, violated or mistreated in the past, then obviously that heightens our need for connection and trust and security and all of those things. But then sometimes we're so afraid of those things, we do, we do our best to avoid them. So again, connecting ourselves with our values and really pushing towards those things that give us purpose and meaning and validation and, um, joy and peace, you know, rather than allowing ourselves to be stuck. And again, as I said in previous sessions, it does make me sad sometimes to see so many struggle by themselves. But that, you know, I do encourage you to, if you if you are struggling and you're finding yourselves jumping back and forth from, you know, past experiences and still holding on to anger and and when that kind of interferes with your day-to-day relationships or your your ability to find joy or your ability to find peace and contentment, then maybe it is time to, you know, to to talk to somebody who can help you to let go of some of those um, heavy moments and thoughts and things that keep you down and uh, and help you to find some of that peace. 
So again, check out my website for some more resources and some suggestions and certainly more details around how we can make peace with the past. And once again, thanks so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful week. Angela.